Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. My name is Marcus Smith. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, my guest is here to talk all about pain. Not all of the show is about pain. And actually, we soon learn that the management of pain and understanding of pain is really just a heightened state of self-awareness. I first met Nick about six or seven years ago, and I always found his approach to his profession, physiotherapy, really, really intriguing. He wasn't the traditional physiotherapist. He empowered me. He asked me more questions. He wasn't your standard, get in, a little bit of a crack, a little bit of manipulation, massage. Here's two exercises to do that I know that you won't do and get out. He made me think, he made me question what was actually wrong with me, but he always made me feel like he was with me on the journey. He cared. And in caring, he was very different to a lot of therapists that I'd been treated by. Since then, I've had the honor of sharing clients with him. I've had the privilege of referring people to him and they pretty much are always happy with the results. In the last few years, his business has changed in a certain way. We talk about that in the show. We also talk about how he's able to treat people as a physio online, which is somehow quite revolutionary, especially when we think about human connection and the amount that we talk in the show about human connection. But above all, at just under 100 kilos, he is a, I wouldn't say a teddy bear of a man, but he is a got a huge physical presence, an amazing energy, but one of the kindest souls and is possibly one of the best therapists I have ever had the pleasure of being treated by. This week's show announcements, very straightforward. I can't actually forget them. December the 9th is Celebrate Fitness here at Inner Fight. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter what you want to do, or no matter what you have done, in this year, we welcome you to Celebrate Fitness. Saturday morning, we'll have a workout. We'll start at 8.30, give or take. We're a little bit more relaxed. 8.30 for about an 8.45 start. Be here at 8.30, don't be late. And then after the workout, we will go and have some lunch together and enjoy a little bit of community end of year cheer as well. 9th of December, keep it in your diaries. On the same weekend, it is... Dubai Fitness Championships 2023, probably the biggest and one of the oldest. I think it first started in 2013. So this is probably about the 10-year anniversary, maybe, or the 11th year anniversary, 2012-2013. Fitness competition, which will see CrossFit athletes and also some hybrid athletes from around the world descend on Dubai and participate participate over the weekend for the title of Dubai Fitness Championship 2023. Our own Toby Buckland is competing. In the past, a number of our coaches have competed and also CrossFit Games athletes, CrossFit Games previous champions have competed in the Dubai Fitness Championships. That's on the same weekend. We'll celebrate fitness here in the morning. We'll then go and have some lunch together and then we'll go down to the tennis stadium where that's been held and we will support the guys, definitely support Toby down there. Next weekend or the coming weekend, depends when you're listening to this, on the 1st and 2nd of December, which is normally a public holiday. The 2nd of December marks... National Day here in Dubai, and of course, on the 30th of November is also also Martyrs Day. As we know so far, there is no additional public holidays. You just get Saturday and Sunday as normal. So Friday, the 1st of December, which maybe we're expecting to be a public holiday, will not actually be a public holiday, and that's fine. We'll be open anyway. It really doesn't make any difference. That's it for this week's show announcements. Let's get into the show. This is episode number 858 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Managing Pain with Nick Jordan. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the show and welcome. It's probably a little bit overdue this, mate. Nick Jordan, how are you? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I don't know why. It's been, mate, when did you first treat me? 2018. I think it's pre- Marathon, yeah, 
30 days, 30 marathons. I think that's around there. When yeah, was that? that was about the time, wasn't yeah. it? So it's taken me... Shortly before, I would say, about a year before. Five years to repay the great treatment that you give to me and, and the great treatment that you give to, to everyone, mate. Let's start there. What, talk to us a little about what do you actually do? Um, well, I'm a physiotherapist by trade. That means... Uh, keep going? Yes. Do you cut it together after? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm a physiotherapist, um, working in a clinic. Uh, I do manual therapy, rehab training, all sorts of things. Yeah. Now people hear physiotherapy, most people think is somebody who's you know digging the elbow in, sticking needles in, and whatnot. And though that's you know part of my toolbox, it's mm. it's not my main passion. It's my passion. It's pretty similar to yours. It's probably yeah. why we're sitting here today as well. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, you know, empowering people and get people better. And in my opinion, you get people better mostly by, you know, educating them, taking this like fear avoidance away and empowering them to actually how to fix their own issues. So if they come across similar stuff again, they, they know a bit what to do. So over time, they should actually need me less. Which is a bit, <laughs> it's a bit grotesque because I shoot myself my own foot. I was going to say, mate, you're kind of doing yourself <laughs> out of business. Yeah, I tell my patients usually, like, you know, my job, they said, you don't want to see me again right now? I said, no, I want to tr I'm trying to get rid of them. I, want, I try to get all your friends, <laughs> but not, <laughs> ideally not yourself for the same problem. So that's what I do in the clinic. I've been around for quite a while in this for a bit. Over yeah, you've been years. in Dubai... 17 years, Shah. doing this for you know, a little bit over 20 years, wow. and, uh, and started uh, a, uh, an online business as well, where I do remote rehab coaching, yeah. therapy, when I say remote therapy, people think I'm just going to Zoom calls and <laughs> ask people to do 10 reps and 3 sets, that's not how it works, it's yeah. more, so again, same thing essentially, it's, it's assessing things, what is the problem, educating people about what they're current conditions or limitations might stem from and then make them plans, make them, and not just, you know, self-treatment, self-release techniques, but also then training plans, which is where we have, you know, a lot yeah. of overlap because ultimately that's what rehab is, is getting somebody stronger, more mobile and more capable. People that are listening, I think almost like you said, will be thinking that's not a traditional perception of physiotherapy and it's probably we could probably start we could probably zoom out a little bit the medical industry as a whole we go to when we're sick or not feeling good yeah. <laughs> or, or or our backs bent over double like we were talking about earlier our friend chris <laughs> and we're like fix me yeah whereas you come and it, it, you said it right mate this is why we've always probably had a good relationship because you come from a, a an area that's like, actually, I don't want to see you that much, but you're very rare mm -hmm. because most people, anyone that's listening, that's had lots of people would have had knee surgeries and with a knee surgery comes a standard 12 physiotherapy sessions and you're the physio and you're going to come and see me Monday and Wednesday for the, you know, for the coming six weeks and everything's going to be fine, mm. but it never is. So <laughs> you're, you're almost at this opposite end of the spectrum where you could sell people these 12 sessions, but you're like, I don't know. And that's, that's where we always got on from the start. He's like, I don't know, but mm -hmm. we'll try this and, and try that. My question is, where does that come from if all other practitioners are not all of them because I have to be careful because I've had some practitioners on the show as well yeah. but a lot of practitioners are literally mate they're locking us in for 12 sessions yeah. where does your alternative approach come from very good question <laughs> it's quite long-winded mate but yeah, that's yeah. you well, know that's because right, it's not normal well for me it kind of is but yeah, yeah it's probably it's, you know it's an evolution as well a bit I mean I I don't know I mean I've never been a friend of this like standard treatment protocols there are certain protocols which work and they have to be in place but it's uh, you know if someone let's say somebody comes after knee surgery as you mentioned right so uh, in the beginning there's obviously a lot of stuff this is a bit overwhelming for a patient this is now post-operative or post-injury yeah it's scary somebody has never been injured so they probably need me a bit more then because yeah. I need to encourage them I need to explain to them look this pain is perfectly normal 
asking me where that stems from. I had a ton of injuries myself. That's how I ended up in this industry in the first place. And I think you would agree with this. Pain and injuries are good teachers, right? Yeah. And you learn. I could never do what I do today if I would never have been injured. I believe it's actually impossible yes. to be a good therapist or medical practitioner if you treat stuff you never went through once. That's at interesting. Least, probably multiple times yourself. <laughs> and so it helps to relate to patients and realize, okay, he knows, you know, he's been there, and oh, that's, that's exactly how I feel. And you tell them, look, that is, that is dangerous, or that is not dangerous. Most stuff is not dangerous, right? Yeah. It's just painful, and pain means scary, but it shouldn't <laughs> be. And so in the beginning, I would say, when he said he's 12 sessions, well, I might, I mean, it's not that I never see anybody at a certain frequency, but what will never happen with me is to say, okay, twice a week, full stop. That's not yeah. what we do. But in the beginning... I have a lot to explain, a lot to teach, and the quicker the penny drops, right? When he realizes, okay, now I've got him on board, he walks out already more relaxed because he's more confident, and then you need to build some basic programs, right? You need to give them certain skills, you need to make sure the ex execution is good, and once I feel like people got it, they execute things well, then you can literally just make them programs and say, look, do this until, let's say, two weeks or three weeks, and come mm. back with others, might be in a week's time. Um, and then we adapt, right? You scale things up because yeah. uh, I always say rehab is, 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 uh, is training in the presence of an injury most of the times. Yeah. I mean, there are others, right? There's, yeah, there's, I like it. there's people with just a lot of pain and they really need your help. I mean, I'm doing the manual therapy stuff as well. I do, you know, mobilize or, or manipulate a joint or release that trigger point. But ultimately, it's always about, it's like learning a language, right? You go to a language lesson, you don't speak the language, you need to practice it. And yeah. so putting that into practice in your daily life and how you can do this similar I try to develop techniques how people can do a similar thing to themselves on demand for free that's whenever cool. they want right and uh, and I find that's empowering and yeah. then obviously make this stronger so I didn't really answer your question but <laughs> where do I go I, I don't know yeah it's probably own experiences it's also what makes sense to me did you have a bad experience with a physio when you were younger no never quite the opposite actually <laughs> I had a, but not in this year i didn't have somebody who said oh you need don't need to come back not somebody like myself i yeah. just had a yeah a really good dude a dutch guy i used to play handball with and uh you know when i hurt myself i had to go to physio and he was there and he was a really good guy and 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 and, and treated me well Different treatment approach. At the time, that was, again, makes me sound old now, but that's more than 20 years ago, right? So it... We are it old now, mate. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was different. But, you know, I was, I don't know, 17 or 18. You know, you heal by yourself, right? That's yeah. the thing. You injure yourself, you, you bounce back automatically. You don't have to put any input, really. Yeah. And I didn't really. If I'm very honest, I probably didn't. Yeah. And then you have more injuries. And then once you hit the 30s, you realize, oh, okay, I actually have to work come back from this right and yeah. so uh, because you're in your prime you're 18 20 you're full of testosterone and you're elastic you're, yeah, yeah you're <laughs> that and when you get injured your metabolism is like skyrocketing in full anabolic state right and yeah. so and then later on all of a sudden that strategy doesn't work and so oh. i learned through this when i all of a sudden realized oh hang on a second tore the hamstring and takes me can I curse? <laughs> can you can say whatever well? you want. It takes me bloody ages to, uh, to get over this and yeah. then realize I actually have to do something myself and I actually didn't go to physio very much. I just tried to figure out my myself. And I think that's probably a really long loop, but that's where it's come from. Let's jump into that age thing because I think that is interesting for people. We, both of us have white in our beards now, mate, but I think we still believe that we're 18 yeah. and we try and move. Why not? <laughs> we try and move yeah. like we're, we're yeah. 18. Yeah. But some of those fundamental things that you said, metabolism, hormone levels are completely different oh, yeah. now. So recovery and repair takes us a lot longer. Yeah. How do you, my question here is, we all know that. Yeah. I think most people know that. You treat people, but how do you help people manage that from a psychological standpoint? Because like we've just admitted, we still think that we're 18. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you help people from a psychological standpoint? And I'm trying to speak to the person that has had a niggly hamstring and it's niggled for quite a while yeah. and it's not going away. Like how do they manage, whereas they know that 
I mean, mate, I remember when I was playing rugby, we'd train on a Tuesday night, you'd, you'd have a little pull in your hamstring, but it would be fine for Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. it it's just doesn't like happen anymore. No. Yeah. So how do you get, how do we wrap our head around that? Again, I mean, big part is education. I mean, I, first of all, I try to lead by example, like yourself, right? This in me, I think we're pretty much the same age, actually. And it's, it's practice what you preach, right? I can't come here and just being uh, like, you know, totally unfit and whatnot. Not that I would want to be like this in the first place. It comes pretty easy to me, but <laughs> yeah, that's the credibility. And I think making people relate, I tell them, it's like, you know, if you want to see an injury list of mine, I, you, I can give one to you. And, and, you know, here I am. I jump, I lift weights, I run, I do everything. Yeah. And if I can't do something, I work until I can. And uh, I think it's education. That's a big part of our job. And it's a big part of your job is making people understand that this, you know, pain is not dangerous. Uh, niggle is not dangerous, but he can become an issue. At the same time, you don't try to fear monger either, right? Mm. I'm not telling people like, oh, you have a niggle be careful because that could turn into something catastrophic because that's counterproductive. Yeah. I do actually the opposite, trying <laughs> to encourage them. Better, so listen, right? actually move, you actually feel better. The majority yeah. of pain is like this. And um, yeah, with the age thing, I mean, I don't, I always tell people I don't believe in age. Yet, you know, a little bit I do, but then I don't. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like in yeah. terms of what I, I want to move until I'm old and grey. If I look at over the last 10, 20 years, the way I move or what I do or the volume I do, I had to change. Mm. And, and you need to, it's almost like you're getting to know your body new, right? You would do a training volume, easy, and today you feel like I can do it. But then I realize actually my body's getting more fatigued and more achy. And, and these days, before I would feel, you know guilty when I don't do a training session today yeah. I know like a good night's sleep is probably better than that training session when I'm feeling exhausted and that takes a moment to uh, and sometimes you learn the hard way right to, <laughs> to get into this and the other thing is I mean as he said you know hormone levels uh, your metabolism all this that's a fact right I mean age is a fact yeah but how you let it affect you I think you can change and how you can, and that's what you guys do here, very successful on how you biohack that is sleep. I believe good ingredients is like, you know, enough sleep, hydrate really well, good quality, like food as in proper food, mm. uh, not, uh, you know, all the crap, like real food, right? <laughs> stuff which has been around for the last 100 years and not yeah. just for the last 20 years. Um, activity, I deliberately say not sport because for some, you know, being active, right, being... Uh, being, uh, you know, for somebody that might be going walking every day, for somebody mm. that might be running, for somebody that might be weightlifting, and something that makes you happy. Right? Mm. And that's just the last ingredient is happiness. And I think that comes from all of those above. Yeah, if you did all three of those, yeah. Yeah. you'd get number four, yeah. wouldn't you? And for me, I've, my gene pool is not great if I look at my family history. And so for me, mm. I think it's a semi-conscious decision to say, well, you know, I'm going to set myself up with better odds. And saying, just pull cool. the strings I can... So, and I believe you can change that to a large extent as well. So, when we take that into a treatment room, yeah. and, and it would be unprofessional for me to ask you specifically about your clients, mate, but where, no, I'm, going go with, <laughs> where I'm going with this, we take this into a treatment room, and you've got 30 minutes, or 45 minutes, or, I mean, whenever I see you, mate, you give me about an hour, and it's, it's fantastic, and sometimes it's more painful than when I came out, but most of the time I feel better, but that's, that's a side note. You know, as, as the therapist, and you can sometimes feel that, let's stay with the hamstring, that there's actually not much, I mean, you've felt a lot of hamstrings in your time. Yeah. You know what? You know, a grade two, you know what, a grade <laughs> yeah. three, and you know what. Yeah. How do we get it over to people that those three things and leading to happiness, yeah. so our, our sleep, our, our nutrition, and some form of good movement, because patients come as patients to see, it goes back to what I was saying at the start a little bit, mm-hmm. to see a medical practitioner, but you just, there's nothing there, and you know that actually... The, the solution is in those three things. Mm-hmm. How do you get that? Like, it must be quite a crazy dynamic. I don't want you to say that 50% of people that come in actually don't have anything wrong, but I'd love you to say that. But That's probably true. 
<laughs> well, it depends. Like structurally wrong, right? It's very different, right? There's, there's yeah. two things because uh, pain is an experience, right? And or subtleties. It's not always pain. It's stiffness, pain, discomfort, yes. whatever you want to call it. It's ultimately an experience, and it's a part of like. How many times have I been there, right? If you've had pain a lot, you have energy a lot, you have a different background, meaning you have a completely different foundation to, you know, to know. If somebody is, like kids are interesting, for instance, if you have a nine or ten-year-old kid who, let's say, they have a wry neck, they can't turn their head because they've been too much on the iPad and studying and whatnot. <laughs> usually usually the first with the iPad. But, um, and when you treat them, right, and you try to release something, as you tell me when it hurts, because you're uncomfortable, it's normal, pulling is normal, I don't want you to feel like you, you're really in pain. Yeah. They don't know, actually, because they have no experience with pain, right? There's no benchmark. I find that really tough. And I say, yeah, it hurts. Do I have to stop? And so, like, they have no benchmark, wow. exactly. And so I think people have a lot of injuries, that's easier. Um, but I, I, people who know me, like right now, I mean, during my treatments, I talk. Right, I can, if you let me. I'd Non-stop. Talk. Sometimes a bit too much, yeah. <laughs> if but you're going for true. a peaceful half hour, take earplugs. Exactly, exactly. It's just tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I talk as well. I mean, some of this is talk shit, but also mostly it's all because I, I constantly give them as much knowledge as possible about yeah. this, right? And I think, again, a big part of our job is to inform people. And, and I try to tell, almost teach them like how I assess the situation. Somebody comes in with an injury, I need to decide, right, is this structural or is this functional? Is it hardware or is it software? Right. Because right. hardware is a different story. Like there's to- totally different management plans. If you, let's say, I don't know, twist your ankle on a trail run and you can see like it's pitch black, blues, and it swell up within seconds, that's what I extract from us. That takes a different assessment than somebody twists it, it hurts as much, but you kind of, you know, walk it off and mm. it's stiff after rest, and which is pretty normal. <laughs> so I tell people, it's like, look, that isn't, what's a normal reaction, what's a not normal reaction? Yeah. And so if, if I say, look, it's not structural, tell them, look, this is nothing structural, therefore it's not dangerous, meaning movement probably will make this better. So you just need to find the right amount of movement to expose yourself to. Yeah. And often you can see if the penny drops or it doesn't. If it doesn't, you go down a different route. It's like learning, right? Some people are visual learners, some people are, are more, they need to write summaries, etc. And it's the same with, in my clinic room, is you, you, you can tell when the message hit, hit the target, right? And so... Yeah, it's, it's basically self-education. I'm sure I lost, lost the plot a bit. And if I... If I uh, um, uh-huh. It was about people... Yeah, about people presenting or thinking it's an injury, yeah. but actually they just need to sleep well, yeah. eat better, yeah. and move more. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things is, and this is why... I, I'm, not, I'm not just prescribing exercise, you know that. I yeah. use my hands. I'm a manual therapist. And, <laughs> I, and, and I think... But for me, this is a tool, whatever you do, if it's a manipulation, if it's a mobilization, deep tissue work, if it's an exercise, a stretch. It's in my room... What I'm trying to achieve is to show people you can change it. Right? Mm. You come in with a pain, and ideally, actually, let them do something. Let's say you have a, whatever, like a knee pain, so I can't crouch down. You make them put them into a couch stretch for, for two minutes, retest, and you can see literally their eyes like, what just happened? And I tell them, listen, I haven't even touched you. It was all you, right? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. And I let them reflect it, right? And so what does that mean? It's like, oh, that's, that is better? So yeah, but like, why is it better? Because it's not. If this is a torn meniscus or a cartilage damage, that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. And so then it's, okay, I can actually change. And that's the most empowering move. And from that moment, they know, okay, well, maybe I should actually move instead of rest, which unfortunately but still prescribed so much. That is, that's your, and, and it's almost coaching. Yeah. It's not it physio. No, it is. That's, that's one of the most unique things about you, though, mate, I think, is that it's almost like, okay, go and do this. In the room, and and you have people that are envisaging a, a physio room. Nick's is probably a little bit different. He, I don't know if it's in your new one, but definitely in the old one. He, you built a squat rack. There's, yeah, still there's there, still there. All sorts of different toys in there. That it's almost like you're in a, a, a small gym. You're, it's similar to the uh, the book, the inner game of tennis, mm-hmm. where you're actually just making people aware of what's going on in their body and you said it you're empowering people and you haven't actually touched them you've just gone okay one thing that might fix this knee pain is the couch stretch yeah. just 
be here and do it for a couple of minutes. And I imagine some people are like, hey, hang on a minute. I came in here for you to touch me yeah. and, and manipulate me yeah. and you're having me do this. But a minute later, the, the pain's gone, which yeah. that in itself is, is completely, it's a completely unique approach mm -hmm. to, to physiotherapy. Yeah, it is. But believe it or not, I lose patience over that. Right. I can yeah. imagine, mate. I, I want like, to be why touched. Not exactly. Why are you not touchable? Because you're pain-free. You just did it. What do you want me to do? Like, we fixed you. You fixed yourself. You fixed it. And this is when you have, there's a diff different level of perception. It's, it's absolutely nuts, right? But you have people that don't come back, even though they're better, right? Because they haven't gotten what they came for. And that's, that's yeah. the weird thing in our job, right? I mean, I had this patient a few weeks ago. Like, it's, it's now it's a bit longer. But anyway, it's that stiff back, right? Had a... Whatever petitions are not, not don't want to go against any uh, any uh, um, profession. Doesn't matter. Like had, usually, I get a crack, right? And the crack is that magic thing, which like you know, this is a mix of physiology and placebo, and yeah, and it's fine. And like I do that too, right? But but so I try to make the patient understand. Said, so look, what you have right now might not be exact same thing because I have certain red flags here, and so I don't know you. I see the first time. I prefer not to do this, but I have other ways how I can make you better. Is that okay? So yes. So I mobilize. Right? It's like test, painful, restricted. You do a few things, more mm. gentle things, mobilizations where you know you can control and don't. there might not be an underlying condition you make worse. Because that's the important thing for us, so you don't do any harm. Yeah. Which is very difficult to do, by the way. As a, as a, that's what most people understand. Either. It's really, if you try to hurt someone, it would be very, very difficult to do, like harm. <laughs> But anyway, so you treat this patient, like, and then they get up, they bend over, no problem, no pain, full range of motion. It's like, good, so let's, uh, let's uh, maybe book a follow-up, give you a few things you can do yourself. So, well, you're not going to crack me. So, what do you mean? So, you're not going to, like, no, I mean, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, why do you want me to crack? You, 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 we just fixed your problem, right? It's like, I don't have to. But, you know, they didn't get what they came yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't come for getting pain-free. They came for getting that thing that has helped them in the past. Mental. And I try to tell them, it's like, well, the reason why you repeatedly end up in clinics is because of that, because you haven't really fixed it. I remember when I used to play a lot of rugby, my, my, I wasn't that great at warming up. Yeah. And if I could crack my lower back yeah. and crack my neck, yeah. I was ready to play. Yeah. And the days that I couldn't crack it, yeah. psychologically... Yeah. I wasn't ready to exactly. play because yeah. it's exactly what yeah. you said. Like, like do yeah. you, when people come in, do you ever say to them, what do you expect from me today? Uh, I do. Do you? More and more, yes. Not always, but yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's clear. Right. And sometimes I say, okay, so what do you, what do you, what do you expect from me today? What, what, do you, what do you think you need from me today? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I should ask this probably more often, but you know, in some cases, crystal clear. But sometimes, you know, you do, uh, you do an interview, you ask all the questions and I ask a ton of questions because it saves me time to where I'm going to go and look for the problem. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, I'm not quite sure why they're here. That's when I definitely ask that question. Because you don't want patients to leave disappointed. Yeah, of course. But if somebody leaves pain through their problem solved and they leave disappointed, that's, from, that's beyond me, right? But, you but know. if they wanted to come for their back crack yeah. and you haven't done it, yeah. that they're... they're their measure of success is not pain yeah. anymore. Their measure of success is hearing their back go, yeah, yeah. and if you don't deliver it, then... And I've done once in a while, I was like, okay, lay down, just give you a crack, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I do, I can be a bit... <laughs> but it's the same with, like, in your therapy, like, if you have a new client comes in, okay, I want to get jacked like you, you know, I want to look yeah. like you, I want to be like you guys, and then you actually start with them, where you don't like we need to work on your first core stability, basic kind of foundations, right? Yeah. They're also going to go, like, oh, that was shit. Yeah. Right? Because I want to throw on barbells like I see on Instagram. It's mm. like, yeah, but, you know, there's certain foundations. It's like, the metaphor I use is when you learn a language, you need to learn the grammar. You yes. need to learn the vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. You just want to go and chat, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. And I tell them, look, we do a bit. What I do then usually, I give them some of the grammar and vocabulary, and then we go to the fun stuff as well. So I throw in stuff which is which is cool, you know, the cool shit, but uh, which makes them feel like, okay, I'm working, Yes. but we still need to work those, and then we slowly kind of try to close the gap. So that's how I try to is mitigate Is the that. landscape changing, mate? Is it becoming more challenging? Like, did people used to walk in for some physiotherapy, have quite low expectations because they, 
pain is the main sort of measure. I've got a hamstring yeah. pain or, yeah. you know, I can feel it and I've gone out. Is, it, is the landscape of people's expectations changing a lot? Um, I think it's always been a mix. You know, it's like, I mean, Dubai is probably a bit of a special place. You know, there's this service <laughs> mentality here, right? Let's like, there's no, there's no arguing about that. Yeah. Of people just like fix me. And, yeah. and I, I, I do that too, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, but there's, I think people, you know, movers, but like if they're runners or if they're, you know, crossfitters, gym goers, whatever your, your uh, thing may be, they, they have this high intrinsic motivation to get better. And I think they're open to the idea of, I, put something in there and I think you know the whole like Kelly started with his mobility WhatsApp. he made mobility sexy right I mean yeah. I, I'm thanking him forever we've got There's him here somewhere, sure somewhere there, supple you know? leopard I don't know where he no, is no dude he did this a huge favour and I think he's, he's, he's got a he's got a good brain till today I think I yeah. really admire his work but what I love him for is that he made mo- before if you've asked somebody to do mobility work it's like get out of here I just want to get strong yeah. but he made it kind of yeah bit more attractive yeah, and uh, so in that sense i think it, it it does have change but you still have the other ones as well the hardest is people come in and you you know they want you to fix them and you actually want to almost prove them to look if you actually do certain things yourself you don't need me to fix mm. it or you have them those who say can i come shall i come in once a month and for maintenance and they're like mate maintenance is what you do but I can back do to this. The empowerment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I said, but they say, yeah, but this is like, look, I'm not, I don't mind to do this. I can do this, but honestly, you start comes. I say, you just put my daughter through school, and that's fine by me, but I want to be transparent with this. It's yeah. like, it's, but some people need this. You know, to be fair, I don't want to mock this either. It's just, I mean, it's, people, a, it's just a similar scenario. Like, we, you know, we've been running the gym for, for a number of years, mate, and sometimes I, I look at some, some clients that are coming and I'll, I'll look at how often they're coming and I feel I need to check in whether we're actually serving them in, in the way that they yeah. want to be served. Yeah. And, you know, I'll give a guy a call and I'll say, listen, you know, obviously appreciate your support, your, your business. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, putting my daughter through school yeah. or whatever it is. And are, are you happy? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely happy yeah. because, and, and this is the, the difference is, is because if I wasn't, coming and doing three personal training sessions a week and, and, and accumulating that bill through the year, I'd be in a lot worse mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. So if I want to come and do a physio maintenance session for whatever that means once a month, it keeps me accountable to, yeah. to you because they yeah. respect to you yeah. as, as the physio. Mm-hmm. And they might, maybe someone, you know, a, a lot of time, I, I've gone to see doctors and paid to see doctors to learn stuff. Yeah. Like every time I come into your room, I learn something yeah. and I go home and I make notes. Yeah. Whether it's how you've spoken to me as a patient or whether it's the movement you've done, multiple times I've come into your room, mate, and I've made notes. And then when it's been the right time, I've deployed that with, with a client. So yeah. I, I'm almost, I'm happy to, I'm not happy for you to touch me too much, mate, but I'm happy for, you know, I'm happy to get that, those, those professional skills as well. So yeah. it, it's interesting what is something that's quite clinical is actually, I see you as a coach. Yeah. And I don't know, and I, I feel that's, and I'm trying to make a loop of this because we're going more towards where I know that you're, you're, you're heading and the stuff that you're doing, but that seems where, where you're going as well, which is, yeah. again, that's why, you're, that's why you're hard to get into because no one else treats it like this. Yeah, yeah I wanted to actually close that loop, like bring that together myself when you say you're like a coach, and I believe it's, you know, coaches and ther- I believe coaches are therapists and therapists are coaches. Like therapy, modern therapy is more and more coaching because it's more than just doing something on someone passive, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, again, I talked about, I'm, I made it sound bad, like manipulation. I'm not against it at all. I Ooh. do this myself, but it's a tool to get someone to move better, but the solution is to move. You know yes. what I mean? It's not the crack that yeah. keeps you better is the movement. So I use whatever tools and whether that's uh, whatever, you know, it doesn't even have to make sense to me. If it makes you feel better, 
and it empowers you enough, empowers and makes it possible for you to move after, then that's suited the purpose. Good, yeah. And that's fine. And whether it's, I mean, I, early in the process, when I studied, there was still this whole electrotherapy stuff around. You know, we learned it. I think I've got one in these drawers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we can and stick I it just, on whilst we talk. And I only then nothing, know nothing except about my own injuries, but I know nothing about medicine and whatnot. And I just thought like, but this is shit. Right? You literally telling us to do has a knee pain, put electrodes on shoulder pain, put electrodes on. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking do that. Absolutely no way. Because I thought that's just shooting ducks in the dark, right? Mm. It's like you do one size fits all. You're gonna burn out in like two weeks, right? Mm. Like you need to. So I, from the bit day one, then I went down the manual therapy route because for me there was this thing called clinical reasoning. I was educated in a thing called the Maitland concept, which, right. and what his foundations were is like it's not about the technique. Technique is a result of ingenuity and I like that he said I'm not teaching you techniques I'm teaching you how to think and that's ultimately what people pay me for right it's 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 or I think at least what my (laughs) greatest strength is I'm 100% sure as people manipulate better than me they do tissue work better than me 100% and I'm happy sometimes to refer people on for that and say look can't get that joint go and see this guy he nails it right yeah but this year, that's 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 my superpower. Like there's this in this concept was the concept of clinical reasoning, which you do every day. I do every day. Yeah. Because you have a problem and you solve a problem, and you think the moment the client starts to talk, you have like 50 highways opening up mentally. Think could be this, could be that, could be that. I could fix like this, could fix like that. You ask questions, you test, and you do the same, right? Yeah. I do the same with yeah. coaches. Yeah. And then figure, okay, this is, oh, they were flagged, this flagged that. So if I fix this, this should bring us closer to our target. That's clinical reasoning. Mm. At the same time, you think, okay, is it dangerous? Because if, you know, not many things are dangerous, but is it something it can make worse or damage something, right? That's a different, I'm not talking about this. This is mm. anyway, that's, that's where, you know, it's never total rest, right? But uh, mm. off that particular structure, Pivot, scale it, work around it until it heals itself, and then we'll start moving again. But um, so this is all. This is ultimately then teach first figuring that out yourself, and then it's all about coaching people through that process, yeah. right? And I have learned probably some of my best teachers were coaches; they're not medical practitioners. You know, yeah. and I, I could, you know, I can name a few. If I go and come into a session with you, I'm a 100% sure I walk home with with five, six light bulb moments and, and I think, <laughs> oh shit, that's really good. That's, yeah? very that's why I reached out to you recently when I had an ultra, yeah. uh, you know, runner and, and uh, like who had a problem, I was like, well, or somebody had to learn, like prepare somebody to run again. Mm. It's like, you know, who better to call than you? I mean, you, you have <laughs> so many, you have just so much more experience than that mm. and, and it's because I respect you but also because you just, that's your expertise. It's less mm. my expertise and this, this is therapy, what do you do? Are we going towards technology or away from technology i don't know <laughs> i yeah this is uh this is a that's a trick well we clearly as humanity or no humanity is actually the wrong word in this context <laughs> <laughs> in the world because <laughs> humanity has me a fear we're losing some of that right or quite a lot of that but as as a uh, as a human race, we're clearly going towards technology, mm. right? And that has advantages, and that has lots of fears and walls, right? But um, in our profession, per se, I think, I think they will... I hope we're not going too much towards technology, mm. because we're going again... With this, we run a danger that we're going... We're trying to kind of compartmentalize too much and throw people in a bucket. Yeah. Right? That's a bit the problem. I think, I mean, talk about AI and stuff like this. So, you know, people mm. ask, oh, your profession will never be affected. Well, depends, right? I mean, you can look, AI could find out, like, clinical data and, and studies, et cetera, can do this within, like, two seconds, right, mm. where I need to do a research for about two weeks. That could be helpful. The danger is that people then always want to automate stuff, right? And say, okay, the AI will tell me exactly what to do and spit out the program. And I don't think mm. that's going to happen. I think it may assist. Mm. But that human touch and, you know, talk about fear, right? If you come in and you're a bit scared of movement, like, you know, a computer can't feel that, right? It's like, and me knowing exactly, do you need, or for you, right? Do you need the marker set, just fucking do it, right? Mm. Do I need the marker set, puts the arm around, patient's like, listen, it's going to be fine. Honestly, we've been there. You know, 
these are the this 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 interpersonal stuff, and that's always going to be important. Yeah. No. And I think it's really important. Again, coaching. Mm. You know, if you have remote, uh, do you have remote clients? I have remote clients. Mm. I was telling them, I said, you don't pay me to make you a pro movement program every single week. Yeah, I'm there to hold your hand to the process. I'm here to here to when something doesn't make sense, it doesn't feel the way it should, and you're confused. Is this okay? Is that not okay, dude? Like to literally the moment this question pops in your head, I'm here to tell you, look, it's fine. Move through unless X, Y, and C, yeah. and then we pivot, right? And it's not just like here's a movement program, do it. Yeah, and it's and I think that technology can make your life easy, but there's a danger of. It's a danger of, of generalizing stuff again, you know? So it can be a step forward, also a step backwards. Me personally, honestly, at this stage, I'm more worried about it than I'm... Uh, not worried is the wrong word, but I'm more concerned about yeah. it than I, I look forward to it, let's put it that way. Because it's people's... It's people's reliance, and it's... I, from what we've spoken about so far, mate, a lot of what you're doing, that's why we understand things the same, you're trying to create a heightened state of awareness for the patient. Yeah. And that's all we're doing when I'm trying to get someone to run 200 kilometers, 100 kilometers, or five kilometers, yeah. whether they're trying to heal a complete knee reconstruction or a you know, very dull hamstring tear. Mm -hmm. We're trying to create, we're trying to lead that person to be aware of their body and mind. Yeah. How, does, how does tech do that? It doesn't. Like it can't. It, you mean technology? It no. can't, right? No. AI can't. No. You know, we ran a marathon in, in, in Amsterdam a, a week ago now, and on the morning, and, and I've only recently come back to uh, heart rate variability just to do a little bit of a test to, uh, around intensity. It's almost like a case study on myself. Mm -hmm. And I did not not want to test on the morning of the race because I wanted that data. And yeah. it's like, why am I avoiding it? But every time, all through my marathons, HRV every single morning, and, and for a number of years, HRV for training app, I think it's one of the easiest. And that morning, like, I just know, and I can't quite figure out why, because I slept really well, but I always know that when it's race day or event day, heart rate's up by a couple of beats, and mm. HRV is poor. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of, so there is a reliance on da data, but I know that, so the data doesn't, but I, then I asked myself on that morning, how do I feel? Yeah. I feel great. Why? Yeah. Because I slept nine hours. Yeah. The room was a good temperature. I was in the bed on my own. I'm fully hard. And then you're in this place. And that's, that's what you're talking about. That's awareness. Yeah. That's knowing what pain feels like. And that's, that's being in touch. And like, Maybe, the, when did I start using HRV for training? Maybe 10 years ago. The 10 years ago, Marcus would have gone, fuck, it's yeah. race day, my HRV's down, I'm fucked, like I can't do this, yeah. you know? And, and I would have had those doubts. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, what does it matter? Because I have a heightened yeah. state of, yeah. of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean, I had that experience with, uh, you know, I used to whoop for a while because, you know, everybody <laughs> wears one of those bloody things, right? So I thought, like, well, let's see what the hype is about. Yeah. And, uh, and I wore it for a few months and just, you know, looked a bit like what, what the date is. And I used it less for exercise, I used it more for recovery, actually. That's what, for me, was more important. And, uh, and the conclusion in the end was, like, you almost become a bit of a slave of that thing because I usually, I try to go to bed in time anyway, so I don't necessarily need a, like a thing to tell me this, right? And, uh, You've and got a Casio watch to tell you what time yeah, it is. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, and, but the interesting thing was, like, you know, I'm, like... You and I, we, we know what's good for us and what's not good for us. Like we know our bodies. And I came to the conclusion, long story short, I think this is really good for somebody who doesn't know themselves at all. They don't know what rest is, what like how alcohol influences them, how God knows what. And so you realize, holy shit, my recovery is actually horrible if I do this or do yeah. that, etc. And so that's a smart thing about it. Somebody who already knows the body quite well, for me it was... More like, okay, I knew this bad for me. I didn't know how bad it was for me, you know, for this. But <laughs> yeah. I knew this after like two, three weeks. Like, okay, good. So what else, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I think, so in this aspect, it can really help technology, I think. Yeah. But you take, I mean, I, I, 
deal with like pro athletes as well and though like you know in a certain field and whoop mm. very whoop is very very po- uh, um how do you say prevalent mm. and often i had two three people that said listen like two weeks before your competition that thing goes in a drawer yeah because like you said if you wake up i don't know semi-final crossfit or game stay you wake up you feel like an absolute champ you look at the recovery and it's shit it's red right what's it going to do to your mind no matter how strong you are mentally no no, this will affect you exactly exactly that's exactly what you mentioned before and this is just not good like and i had these situations where i woke up like wow a champion i could rip out trees now and then my recovery (laughs) was terrible i'm like oh and this thing i said and i'm not let this thing tell me how i'm supposed to feel today and then the, the opposite extreme, if you like absolute, like, oh my God, could be hit by a truck and it says green, well done, 95% <laughs> of the cops, like, I do not feel that way at all. <laughs> yeah. And so, as you said, like how you feel, but yeah. also for you knowing, okay, I know this is usually how what happens, you know, it's like you go to the doctor and they measure your blood pressure, it will always be, you know, 10, 10 20% higher because... You know, we nervous. don't get nervous about this, but you do. It's hilarious, mate. I've seen it a lot with my, with my parents. Um, when was it? It was, they wouldn't give the COVID injection if your blood pressure was too high, would yeah. they? Yeah. So yeah. the stress of getting mum and dad to the COVID injections, yeah. and especially here, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a simple process, let's yeah. put it like that. They got stressed along the way. They checked their blood pressure at home in the morning because they'd read that they won't get the vaccination yeah. unless it's done. Yeah. And of yeah. course, they <laughs> get there and it's high. And yeah. I'm with the nurse and she's looking at me and I'm like, can you give it to him? She goes, if you say yes, I was like, just give it to him. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's anxiety around yeah. the process of, of, of going there and, and, okay. and getting it, which is interesting. Yeah. Mate, you mentioned one thing. And, and one thing I always think about with a physio and it's similar to, it's, it's very similar to what we do to, to training is where, where do we go as, as, as we go old? And there's a, there's a lot of people, I, I often see our, our mutual friend, Malcolm Gregory, still walking on the beach. He's 75, still loves to treat patients two or three days a week. Yeah. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the last sort of five years, you love that side of it, but you've seen another route. And this mm. is the, the, the brand that, that, that you've got. Tell us a little bit what you're doing in that space. And you mentioned it earlier, online, how do you manipulate someone? Well, you can manipulate people online. Let's not go yeah. down that route. Not Physi- physically. Physical manipulation <laughs> online. Yeah. Talk to us about that, mate, because a, it's a really interesting space yeah. that you've, you've sort of moved into. Yeah. I'm happy you bring this up. Um, yeah, like what I say, what I do in the clinic, I do more and more coaching, right? So like my... Manual skills is more like showing people they can get themselves better, but then afterwards it's about what patients do themselves. And mm. so essentially what I love about, so when I started this, it started actually before COVID. And a lot of people got into the whole online thing um, during COVID. And for me, thank God, I actually had a bit of a loaded gun already. Like I've been working on this quite a bit and knew it works and I could really fall back on that. Yeah. And COVID lockdown was, was, was a blessing for me in a way. I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody where it was a tough time, of course. But for me, that in this aspect certainly helped. That could uh, knock this out of the ballpark a bit more. And, uh, you know, people became more open to this idea. Because that's exactly the question people ask me. It's like, well, how do you do when I, you know, do something with my hands? But how do you do this <laughs> online? Well, I don't. But there's ways, the stuff I teach you afterwards is the stuff you really need. I said, you don't really need my hands. Mm. It's, look, for me as well, it's definitely an advantage if I can touch someone, if I can move things around, feel it. It definitely helps. There's no doubt about it. But it's not necessary because, again, as I said, this is your reasoning. What's going on? Analyze the situation. Trying to figure out, okay, this is the most likely scenario. What's going on here and how do we solve it? I, I solve problems, same, same like you, yeah. right? That's what I'm paid for. Yeah. And that's what I try to make people understand is that it's not about the technique, it's about the intent of how you set the management plan up. And this is more than just doing strengthening exercise and balance exercise and whatnot. It's, it's, it's as you said before, like manage sleep, hydrate. Hydration is a big one. You know, like I am like electrolyte hydration like it's i've been preaching this for years it's became really really fancy thank god recently so people again are more open to it um but it's uh so people call me from i have clients all around the world by that sounds a bit full, i don't mean to sound full of myself at all so right. i have people good, everywhere it doesn't matter where they are 
But the point is they're not in Dubai. They're somewhere in Europe. They could be in America. They can be in Australia. I had yep. in Africa, like in, in, in many different places. And so the good thing is when somebody reaches out remotely, right, they know I cannot manipulate them. They know I cannot <laughs> touch them. They usually know, okay, I'm going to have to solve this problem myself and this guy will help me. So in many, many ways, I think it's almost, almost superior to yeah. clear. More and more, I feel that way. Because well, it's that expectation thing that we spoke about, yeah. right? So well, no one's calling you up on Zoom asking for their back cracked yet. Exactly. <laughs> In a way, it helps me because, you know, it's clear. The, yeah. the, the, my job is pretty clear. Yet there's obviously still a bit of a skepticism. Yeah. And then again, like in a clinic, it's about getting people on board, right? Getting like, letting them realize, okay, you know, if somebody reaches out from Las Vegas and says, listen, I've seen two chiropractors and three osteopaths in five physios, like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but yeah, usually yeah, I've seen, yeah. until you reach somebody, you know, to somebody living in Dubai, halfway across the planet and do a remote, you, you went through a few disappointments, didn't yeah, you, right? Yeah. And so, and you know, skepticism, and, but what I, what I tell them is, like, I take my time, I send them a questionnaire, I want to know exactly, anyone know everything about them. Then we have a first call where we try, we talk through it, all open questions. We do a physical exam or some of the self-testing, I have a whole battery of self-tests, how what I would test, they can test themselves. Right. But it's more on what they feel than what I feel. Right. And that already is part, of, is part of the therapy, right? It make them more self-aware, like, oh, hang on a second, actually that hip feels different than the other hip. You know, and that's then you're also like, oh, hang on, actually, if I change that, I'll probably get a little bit better, right? <laughs> Already, yeah. so that skepticism vanishes pretty quickly. And then usually I send them a so-called test program where I give them certain techniques where I want to know more mm. if I'm if what I'm thinking is really correct. And so they give me feedback. What well, not just send me videos of how they do it, but also how does that feel compared to this? Where do you feel that? How tight does it feel? How much effort is it to move through that movement? And that kind of narrows me in on, okay, I think my thesis is correct. And then we make proper protocols. Right. But again, then it's not about sending only a program. It's also coaching them through them. So they, yeah. these one-on-one -on -one clients, they in contact me by WhatsApp. And I tell them, I said, if some doubt crosses your mind, am I okay to do this or not? And you can't figure it out based on what I've taught you. I'm just a text away. Yeah, yeah. And whereas in, in a, you know, a clinic, you come, I'll come in two weeks, and they come back and said, how is it? Yeah, still painful. Okay, try this, try that. Another two weeks, yeah, still painful. I can react very quickly. And that's what a lot of these clients say after. They say, you know what? It's just, I'm just, it's just so much more effective, so much yeah. more, yeah. But we miss that key part as well, like, and, and this is this is actually for my own benefit, this question, yeah. mate, because obviously I have clients online and, and yeah. around the world as well. That connection that you've been used to for so many years in the clinic of actually being in someone's presence, like you say, sometimes you would go over there and do the stretch. You don't even have to touch them, but that feeling of the energy of being with someone, how do you, and I know these, like, for, for my clients, they've, they've started as online clients. So it's yeah. not like they were in Dubai and yeah. then, you know, yeah. because that's, I think that's super challenging. Like when someone has had you in person, then the start point is a bit different and then they're away. It, yeah. It's kind of hard. But how loving the connection part so much and feeling so strong with that, how do you cope with that when you're helping someone in a, online scenario you mean how you create that connection or yeah how well how do you f i'm trying to understand a little bit how you feel about it mate because you're you have a big physical presence you're a tall guy you're 100 kilos thereabouts just slightly below yeah slightly massive you should watch the video version massive biceps like you've got a big presence mate and yeah. you've got a deep voice and yeah. and and you're you know and, or you have this energy when every time someone comes into the room with you you have an energy. Yeah. How do you create, and you like energy of people. You like, yeah, for absolutely. the most part, you like people. I know. No, you, no, you do fun. At seven o'clock so, on a Friday night and you've seen all these patients the whole week. I know you don't like people, but yeah. how, do you, how do you cope with that lack of human connection working in the online space? Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting question because you have some remote clients who then you finally meet them in person, right? After like a year work with it's them, it's the mental. weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, I mean, I have. Uh, it's like for one of my athletes, I started working with during COVID because everybody's locked down their country, right? And then when we yeah. met each other, it's like 
you known each other for ages. But you don't. But you don't. Right? It's so strange. Yeah. Like you, you give each other a hug because you know each other, but yeah. like you've never seen each other. It's totally <laughs> weird. But it, that means there is a connection, right? Yeah. But it's obviously yes. that helps them to meet these people in person. But I don't know. It's like, yeah, you said it. I mean, in a, both our professions, you have a, a, we have the same profession, if yeah. you ask me. Honestly, I mean that. Um, you need to fundamentally like people, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're really <laughs> on the wrong train here. And yeah... It's, uh, and if you feel like this connection doesn't work, so that's the thing. Sometimes you feel like you don't fully click. You can know when I was one or two years into my pressure, like, oh, sorry, I'll refer him on, right? Or online, you can't really do this either, and that I, I never had to. Yeah. But it's the, you, or you take on a challenge, you make that relationship work. And I normally, when I have a first call with an online or remote client, then, you know, that call is also, I tell them, listen, if you don't like what we do there, we can part ways, it doesn't cost you a penny. That's what I do for, yeah. for one. If they feel like they don't see what's happening, I don't. I don't. I don't want unhappy clients. And sure. so far, it never happened. As soon as you know, fuck that. I don't want to work with you. <laughs> Thank God, touch wood. Yeah. But um, it's, it, yeah. I mean, not being in the same room is has its challenges. But you still, you know, you still make a connection and and like you help them through stuff. And I think that connects as well. It's like when they yeah. realize he's literally coached me through it. I tell people I'm holding your hand through the process as much as you need me to. Yeah, and uh, and I think that builds a builds a different connection. But Stephanie, it's a it's a challenge, a challenge. for sure. And you mentioned presence, right? Often when I uh, meet people in post, they're like, oh, "Yeah, shit, I didn't know You're you were that big." <laughs> 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 and you can see in their eyes, and like, uh, and uh, yeah, this is it's a funny funny thing. I mean. It's, I think it's all about connections in a job. It's all about that relationship. You know, some people is closer than with others. But um, if you can't make that somehow, then it's just going to be a struggle. Yeah. And undoubtedly, I mean, in person, that's a little bit easier to achieve. But yeah. I think you, you just learn to do this in different ways. You've a lot of, from what I understood, a lot of your remote stuff and, and you, you've had an interest in functional fitness and in CrossFit. Yeah. Is is that just has that just happened naturally, mate? You work more, or do you work more with with CrossFit athletes online than 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 others, or how does it work? And and maybe talk a little bit about your relationship with CrossFit because I know it's something you've done, and now you're helping people broken. Are we happy with CrossFit? Are we where where are we at with the with the whole thing? Well, first of all, that's a question I get a lot. I mean, I've been. I mean, I love the sport. Oh, don't get yeah. me wrong. And so, so, you know, most of us in that space, we have an appreciation for that. Um, so this, but I don't treat exclusively CrossFit yeah. athletes. I've uh, and and also don't treat exclusively athletes. That's another thing I really have to put out there because, yeah. for me, I would say everybody's an athlete. Everybody who has active goals is I treat them like an athlete. Nice. That doesn't mean I'm going to push them to the max. It's just like somebody really has very small goals supposedly, and just to be able to go for a walk an hour every day. You know, the level of activity is different, intensity is different, but you know, they come from somewhere where we have to get better and they work certain foundations to get there. So I don't make a difference and I enjoy, and enjoy that equally much, I have to say that. Um, CrossFit is something which I, you know, I'm not somebody who has been to regionals and stuff. You know, yeah. I can put this out. I somebody I always had a, a love for moving and a love for learning new things. And again, you mentioned I'm just, you know, just around 100 kilos. So for me to do a strict ring muscle up is a bit of a challenge, right? And that's how I got into it. Even this. with those biceps, mate, come on. <laughs> it's not only bicep, as you know, unfortunately, right? It's, it's, and, but I just saw someone do it once and I thought like, damn, I want to do that, right? And it took me a long time to, to, uh, to get there, but... Step by step, and that's what the fascination for, for movement comes from, is just you need to optimize, right? Every muscle and joint has to do exactly what they're meant to be in the right position, the right moment, and that's, for me, the fascination of movement and training yeah. and therapy. And actually, through my training of calisthenics and whatnot, uh, I loved it. Again, obviously, physically, the challenge with the levers and the weight, but, but I managed. It just took me maybe three or four times as long as everybody else. <laughs> and, but what I learned about therapy how to actually treat someone through this is yeah. probably been more valuable than anything I ever learned in university yeah. for sure and uh, so from there i can you know in, into uh, brought the barbell out and started throwing barbells around again and uh, and i yeah, i love it you know i and you get a few injuries along the way which actually would never 
I think. I was not sure we were not ever related with CrossFit. But, and then you have a bit of setback and you come back up. And so that's what my clients go through. But I've been, you know, you treat a few people who do CrossFit well and then obviously you attract more of that kind. Yeah. And I've been never intending to exclusively do this. Until today, I don't. I love treating CrossFit athletes because they're driven. Yes. They do whatever it takes to get back. They want to get better. They really invest time yeah. and not just don't just put money there. They really, they really work, and yeah. that's something which or general athletes, right? Yeah. But I'm, you know, somebody who is not very athletic and wants a problem solved and has been unlucky with it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm equally uh, interested in helping them. They shouldn't be discouraged from contacting me. Yeah. I've worked with a uh, Olympic rower, single scholar. She was world champion and twice Olympian. That's interesting. Totally, not totally on red CrossFit because they row as well. Yeah. But I didn't know quite as much about rowing. I'm pretty good at it myself. And there, for instance, that was uh, um, my job. They actually heard me on a podcast, a coach on her. No way. And, uh, and they, they contacted me and said, can we have a call? We did. And so she, her job was going to, uh, or her job, her quest was going to her, four, her third Olympics, 24 in Paris. And so she's been missing five to six seconds to the podium. She came fifth twice in Oof. Rio and in Tokyo. And so my job basically defined my job as, and I need to find those five, six seconds off the water. Right. With optimizing biomechanics, strength conditioning, work and weakness, and uh, we found quite a few seconds, you know. And uh, wow. so that's something which I absolutely loved, right? This is a, like, like a challenge. Yeah. And then you read yourself into this. It's not what you wanted to ask me, though. You said the CrossFit, what do I think? <laughs> I think CrossFit is a fantastic sport. Mm. Um, I think the general population thinks, oh, it's very injury prone. You must have so many, it must be a great sport for you as a therapist. And <laughs> yeah, always busy. <laughs> Yeah, but I think this is a bit unfair to the sport because, yeah, so. you know, if you play football, you're not fit, right? Mm. And you just work all day and you kind of, you're a bit late to training or a game and you skid in sideways into the parking lot and, you know, quickly one stretch, <laughs> yeah. one stretch and start playing. I think that's more dangerous Typical than CrossFit. CrossFit class, right? Yeah, that too, right? Yeah. And so in any yeah. sport, you're going to get hurt sooner or later, or maybe you're lucky and you don't, but that's yeah. where the injuries comes from. Yeah. But I think there's a... The sport of CrossFit, and there's CrossFit as in, which was created originally to get people better and healthier. Yeah, general right? physical preparedness. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that part, the number of people understand, is CrossFit is that. Yeah. Getting people healthy, getting people with diabetes, out of obesity, etc. And there is no better sport in the world to get this done. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the sport of CrossFit, which, you know, we all see these jack people and the fit girls and they yeah. throw like a hundred and something kilos in a snatch overhead. Yeah. And I think if you are not Preparing yourself, resting, eating, all of that like the pros. Don't try to do that sport yeah. like the pros. Because for the average person, put 80 to 100 kilos overhead, if they can, can is downright dangerous, right? <laughs> yeah. I think. Absolutely, for me, man. for sure. If you would ask me now, <laughs> yeah. do a max out your snatch now, well, you know, you can call an ambulance probably. Yeah. And I'm going to, people ask you, what's your one rep max deadlift? I don't know. I haven't tested that forever yeah. because. You know, I work my percentages off my five rep max, for instance, yeah. and that's good enough for me, yeah. right? Plus, I don't need the percentages quite as much as some others, but it's, there is, I think, I have to be careful not getting on too slippery slope here, but <laughs> I, I love the sport, and I think it's a great sport. Yeah. And I don't think, and there's actually studies backing this up, I don't think we have any more injuries from CrossFit than any other rug rugby, football, and so no. on. Yeah? No. Paddle tennis. I see more people playing paddle I tennis these days now. than CrossFit. Yeah. Sorry, no. More people injured getting injured through paddle. paddle. Yeah. yeah. I see more CrossFitters wanting not to get injured. They have a bit of a stiffness and nickel, and that's what I love. And people yeah. say, you know what? I feel like if I keep going there, I might get into trouble. And that's where I, that's where my passion is. Yeah. Eh? You know, you don't have to niggle. It doesn't have to feel that way. And if you do X, Y, and Z, you're actually going to have a much better experience. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a long loop to answer your question. No, it's, mate, and, and one thing that maybe it sort of close out on is, is what's always been amazing about you is it's not just about professional athletes and your energy and your passion to have people move better with less pain and the way that you're coaching it, like I've sent you all sorts of different people and I've seen you treating all sorts of different people and I've had people come to me that have been treated by you that, you know, we never even knew that, that, that we shared them, so to mm. speak. And they're from all walks of life because you're, 
your approach to physio is is coaching, is connection, is awareness, mm. and that expectation, and and that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I think I think I bash the medical industry a lot because I think a lot. So do of, I? Yeah, and yeah. you do as well, <laughs> mate. And and I think it's probably it's fair, but it's unfair to to guys like you because as people probably have drawn their own conclusion through this conversation, all that you're doing is you're trying to help people be in less pain move better and therefore live better which is is really cool because you found same that i found coaching crossfit or coaching running to make humanity a little bit better you found this thing called physio and you're able to do the same and like you said a few times we're we're very similar mm -hmm. except you're a lot smarter than me and you I can, say you, can you know so it's mate i, I I, I think it's I think it's awesome. This has been uh, this has been a really good chat, and people should reach out. I think it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't really matter. Yes, if you can see Nick in person here in Dubai, that'd be awesome. And you realise that he's a big dude, and you won't fuck with him. Or online, and they, what do you do? Do you put up a, a stick a stick picture of your profile online so people <laughs> think you're a little guy? But yeah, but how how should people get hold of you, mate? Where where do you practice, and and what's the best way to get hold of you? Well, here in, in person, a clinic, I work at a place called Heal Hub, which is close to Kite Beach. We are a clinic of multidisciplinary, um, with a multidisciplinary team. We have chiropractors, osteopaths, physios, massage therapists. We have cold plunge. We have red light. So we're trying to have a bit of a, you know, I don't like the, the one-stop shop because it sounds way too commercial. It's not <laughs> that. It's just people. It's almost they have to go there, pay this much for our cold plunge. They go to my chiropractor's there. It's that we're trying to kind of, you know, so feed off each other and say, look, okay, why don't you go, had, last week somebody sent next door and said, look, you don't need to see me, you actually need to see him. Nice. No charge, go there, you know, and, and no harm. So that's what it's about. So mm. Heal Hub is where I practice in person and that doesn't mean I do massage. I do, uh, <laughs> unless <laughs> we do, we put hands on. We'll do the, I do the same thing as I do online. For online uh, clients, it's through my Instagram, yep. mmtm.online. Awesome. Stands for uh, momentum. Momentum. And um, so most people there probably get in touch with me by Instagram or people have my WhatsApp and they reach out there. Um, and you know, again, I'm saying this one more time. You mentioned athletes. I'm not just treating athletes. I'm not chasing that either. It's I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. It's it's fun. I love it. Awesome, it's a completely different challenge and responsibilities but mm. this is not i do not just treat athletes and i'm not chasing this but i've been fortunate enough that i uh, have quite a few in my care and it's good for marketing and you're doing a right? good job mate yeah you <laughs> should yeah. give yourself yeah. praise thank you for, thank you <laughs> oh, but true. i honestly i don't want people to be discouraged online or offline mm. um to come to me if they have just you know i say this not sarcastically just trouble bending down tying the shoelaces yeah. because you know it might not be an athletic goal, but it's still a health goal, right? And I'm helping with these things as well, and I have uh, uh, customers like this. And, um, yeah, just hit me up. Awesome. Nick Jordan, thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.